that 74% of the B2B buyers, they are willing to switch suppliers if that other supplier would provide more accurate information. There you go. 74%. B2B e-commerce accelerated. The B2B e-commerce podcast that helps B2B sales leaders move more efficiently and cross growth targets. In one go. My, <laughs> exactly, Tim. Thank you. So uh, my name is Ruben. For the ones who don't know me yet, I'm Chief Revenue Officer at Sana Commerce. And indeed, I'm here together as always with my... With me. Yes. Tim, um, EVP Enterprise here at Sana Commerce. And Ruben and I are your hosts for today. Yes. Let's get started. Let's do it. I got a question for you today. Um, do you think that accurate information does deliver value in the B2B supply chain or the value chain? Whew. I think it's a rhetoric question almost, it right? Is, it? it is. Uh, yes, I think uh, let's, let's dive into it today. That is uh, what, I, what we would suggest, right? Because I think it provides a lot of value. To, uh, to B2B companies, to B2B buyers in the market. Uh, accurate information, yes, definitely. And maybe it's nice to start with a research that we have conducted among thousands of B2B buyers in the market globally, uh, working in uh, various industries, wholesale, uh, manufacturing, distribution, uh, right? And we have actually asked them, uh, or we asked Sapi, our research company, to right, conduct these interviews at them. And we asked these B2B buyers uh, everything around how do they interact with their suppliers, what are their needs, and how would they like to do business with their supplier. And um, uh, I think for a lot of people, hopefully listening into this uh, episode, uh, that it provides a lot of valuable insights uh, for you uh, working in a B2B company uh, to understand really how your customers look uh, at the market and also dealing with you as a supplier, right? Well, the report will come out the second week of September. So we have to wait a couple of weeks or you have to wait a couple of weeks, but it's coming. We're doing and a little preview today, exactly. aren't we? The nice thing is we do a little bit of a preview indeed, Tim, or a sneak peek. Uh, today and we will be zooming into this topic of accuracy of information which is coming very apparent back uh, from this research already that B2B buyers really value to have accurate information. So that's the topic for today, Tim. Yeah, yes it is. And, and um, well, particularly the criticality of reliable information in the, in, in the larger value chain, right? Yeah. So, or in the, in the larger distribution channel, if you like. Absolutely. Um, and maybe it's nice uh, to start with an example, Tim, uh, uh, to also understand a little bit the supply sure, chain yeah. that we're talking about, right? Because you have all of these actors in the supply chain and maybe you can start off with an example. So we get a little yeah. bit, we set the scene. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, and you know how, uh, how I love my example and my, uh, <laughs> uh, and my, uh, my stories um, and our, 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 our listeners uh, and by now also know yeah. that we like to use examples because just brings things to life, right? Um, so, um, yeah, so what, what exactly do we mean by value chain or what do we mean by distribution channel? Um, maybe it's best explained uh, using a, a, customer, a, a customer case, a customer mm -hmm. example. Um, one, of our, one of our customers is a... Uh, world leader in the space of crane manufacturing. So they are a manufacturer of heavy equipment, cranes can be truck mounted, can be ship mounted, um, whatever. Um, um, they, are, they are a global leader in that space. 
used in the construction industry then? Construction, offshore engineering, civil okay. civil projects, all, all, all different kinds of things, forcing, okay. all different kinds of things. So if you see a truck or a ship with a crane mounted on it, yep. chances are uh, it's uh, it's manufactured by, uh, by them. Yes. Um, and it's, it's, I think, many listeners that are a manufacturer or a distributor um, in, in, in the heavy equipment space will definitely recognize it, this. Um, so first they, obviously they develop their cranes and all that, but before they, before they get sold, they've been developed and engineered and all that, but then they get, yeah. they get sold. Um, um, and they sell these cranes, not, they do not necessarily sell their products directly to their end customers. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but they have an extensive partner or dealer network, if you like, right? There's different tiers. Yeah. Um, there's some some sort of exclusiveness or um, for some dealers, for some areas or for some territories. And there's there's second tier dealers that may or may not buy directly from them as a manufacturer or may also buy from their dealers. Um, but that's but that's the, the product itself, yeah. right? So, that's, so that, 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 that's already a rather complex value chain, a rather complex uh, channel. Um, then before they sell or before they are able to deliver, they have to assemble, yeah. right? So they have to work with hundreds, if not more, um, suppliers of raw material or of half fabrics to to assemble their, their, end, their, their end, product, end products, right? So that's that, that's product. complexity to the, yeah. to, the, to the value chain. Yeah. Then um, once this crane is produced and then sold and then uh, installed by probably by the dealer or the or the sub dealer um, then these cranes go into the field well right. maybe to add one element that you maybe forget right they also in order to manufacture this and they are a global supplier right good they, point they, yeah they do this at uh, i'm not sure how many locations do they do this man over 30 and over yeah so they have over 30 many yeah that's a good that's actually a very good point so they have over 30 uh, manufacturing and assembly locations yeah. across the world, right? So they work with vendors yeah. or with uh, suppliers that will then also have to ship those all yeah. those different uh, half fabrics or or raw materials to those different uh, assembly locations. I already hear some accurate information points coming, right? When you have all these locations and all these suppliers. Exactly. But please go on with the example. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So then they they sell either directly to their customer or through their their uh, dealer network, yeah. which is uh, um, I know you like your numbers. So which is around so five thousand different dealers and sub dealers and 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 uh, um, repair centers around around wow. the world. Yeah. Um, so then these these uh, this equipment goes into the field mm -hmm. is going to be used for what the, what it's supposed to be used for. Yeah. And then there's obviously maintenance. There's uh, usables, um, right? There's lubricants. There's uh, oils. There's all all different kind of things that these 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 machines or this equipment just uses and for then maintenance for repairs yeah so there's usable there's usable parts right oh, yeah. so your oils your, and your lubricants okay. and all that Fair and enough. then there's uh, uh also uh wear and tear parts right so yeah. equipment like this has a very very long lifetime mm -hmm. um i don't know the exact number but i wouldn't be surprised if the number of years but i wouldn't be surprised if it's over 30 years or 20 30 years that yeah. equipment like this um is working in the field mm -hmm. naturally there's wear and tear and some parts will have to be replaced and there will be there will be maintenance done. Um, and then again, that maintenance or that spare part request may come will is likely to come into a dealer or a sub dealer. This piece of equipment that's been sold maybe 20 years ago 
may now be owned by a second or third owner. So who, where is this owner going to, to, mm -hmm. to order their, their part? Well, chances are that's in the vicinity where they are themselves, yeah. right? So that, 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 that's why that requires such a extensive dealer and, and, and maintenance and service network. Um, so that, that then partner or, or, or dealer or uh, service provider then will also have to order spare parts. Ultimately, that spare part will have to be manufactured with this manufacturer, right? Yes. So that there's, there's many layers and, and lots of complexity. And if that, well, it may, it may be an open door, but if then somewhere along this chain, data is inaccurate, particularly if it's the beginning of this chain, yes. That's a recipe for disaster. So that's why, well, maybe that, that, that kind of paints the picture a little bit of, of quite well, some complexities and maybe can be, and, yeah. and, and dependencies also, yeah. right? In terms of uh, all these actors in, in, in basically the supply chain that in the end deliver this end product to the, to the customer yeah. to, to use it on a construction site or on any other industry that you were mentioning. Yeah. So thanks for that uh, example, Tim. Sure. I think it's a great example. So, um, well, looking into maybe, uh, or maybe put it differently, if you can, if you want to assess basically, um, uh, yeah, what kind of information is necessary, right? And, uh, what accurate information is necessary to put, to, to, uh, yeah, to basically run your business and to do business with your customers, but also to help your customer, uh, uh, right with, with, with the needs that they have maybe it's good to look at how can you assess this right and uh i think value mapping mm -hmm. uh is something that can help here uh so let me be a little bit more specific yeah i please. think uh, there are a couple of flows that you can analyze uh in how the business is run and how you run uh yeah your relationship with your customer that can help you to really assess what kind of information flows could be there so let me give an example. If you start with the product flow, so who touches your product uh, on its way to delivering an outcome for the end customer, I think if you assess that, you already can see, okay, what kind of information is necessary there? Does that make sense? Not entirely, to be honest. Maybe, maybe can you bring it alive with a, with a brief example as well? If you say who touches this, what exactly do you, do you mean? So, there? well, let's take the example of, um, uh, well, let's go into uh, the repair uh, example, right? Mm -hmm. So you talked about maintenance as well, but sometimes, unfortunately, maybe these cranes also need uh, re repairments, yes, right? Of course, yes. Uh, of course, the manufacturer always wants to deliver the highest quality product, but sometimes this happens. Yeah, it's well, 20 years in the field. Or, exactly. Yeah. So, and there may be spare parts required for this or any other uh, parts required to do this repair, right? If you analyze the product flow, um, uh, so who is, um, uh, who is basically the one uh, in need for the spare parts? Who is the one who is ordering it? uh right because that can be such mm -hmm. a service partner yeah uh who is uh the one that uh needs to uh um maybe uh look at where it's uh, being manufactured or uh, if it's in stock or not if you if you take this whole flow basically of this product yeah then you actually can define uh okay what information is required yeah okay so you, so what you suggest is or what you say is you can map out all the actors or yeah, the stakeholders exactly. and then see okay gotcha 
Yeah, so that's maybe uh, one way of doing it. Uh, and the other, uh, well, I have a second one, maybe that's the decision flow. So that's mm -hmm. more like who is the decision maker uh, when it comes to, uh, well, let's say ordering a product. So you can take even the same example, right? Because uh, with the repairment, it could be that there are other people at the end customer account who in the end says, okay, this needs repairment. So now I'm going to order this product. Yeah. Uh, and it can also be someone else as the actual user. Yeah. Right? Of the product. So um, who yeah. is involved in making this buying decision? It could also be that it's the partner who makes the decision because the end customer contracted the service partner, right? And they said, look, yeah. we're not dealing with this stuff. We pay you, we contract you, and you basically make the decision. Yeah. So yeah. once you know that as a manufacturing company, basically once you map this out, then you also know, okay, who needs what kind of information? Gotcha. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think in the, uh, that's, that's a great example. So the, the, the crane yeah. driver typically doesn't, doesn't exactly. order that particular spare part. Exactly. He or she yes. may be the first one to flag or to notice, or maybe exactly. indeed interesting angle, the, 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 the service partner or the repair center, there may be yes. predictive maintenance or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Scheduled maintenance. Web. Absolutely. Yeah, gotcha. And if you say with your example, right, the, 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 the manufacturer uh, in your example, if you say they have around 5,000 uh, service partners, yeah. right, yeah. that's huge. Well, are those all um, uh, basically equal in how they buy spare parts? Maybe that's the case, but maybe for some service partners, this works in another way than for others. Yeah. And maybe some have more com complexity in how they do service, right? right? And different actors involved. Uh, or maybe they have subcontractors to make it even more difficult. So for some service uh, partners, they don't work with subcontractors, but for some they do. Well, if you work with a subcontractor, it might be that they also need a piece of the information to do the actual repair. And what you then, what you then say implicitly is they may care about different things. So they may care, they, exactly. they may perceive value differently. So um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, for instance, a, a service center may value yeah. price over yeah. speed because it's it's scheduled maintenance. Yeah. Whereas an end user may may perceive value differently, may the price may not matter as much, it may be the speed is more. Important. Absolutely, absolutely. And once you know that, or again, once you have mapped this out, because I think that's what needs to happen, then you can also identify what kind sorry what information what kind of information is necessary for that actor or for that group uh to provide as a manufacturer yeah. right in order to make the right decision in order to uh well do do the things that they do uh play the role that they uh, play in the supply chain if that makes sense it does yeah and then, well, also regulations come in, right? So sometimes uh, this is also important. So you need to identify as well to what extent do regulations influence the decision-making process uh, and what kind of information is necessary there uh, on that angle, right? If that applies, of course, not for everyone, but for a lot of industries, this, yeah. this applies, of course. Um, well, and also, who specifies the solution, right? So sometimes, um, uh, yeah, someone is really involved technically in, okay, what kind of solution is required here? And this person sometimes also needs information 
sometimes it, the, the person really needs information from the manufacturer basically yeah uh to see if this solution would work out yeah yeah understood i can also uh in this particular example yeah, i can imagine please. maybe if you own a piece of equipment that's uh whatever 30 40 years old that you may not care as much about maybe the quality of the replacement of your spare parts or as compared to when it's relatively new or right so or depending on the job that you are or the project that you are on yeah. using that piece of equipment also has obviously impact for how you perceive in terms of how you perceive value and reliability absolutely yeah. absolutely okay. agree yes <laughs> so yeah i think this is what you can do to basically understand the value that you offer in the supply chain and also what kind of information flows are necessary to in the end achieve that this value with the whole supply chain that you're serving yeah if that makes sense. Gotcha, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, let's have a look. Maybe some stats from the B2B buyer report of 2024. So that is about to come out in uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, right? But I think very, uh, very interesting to share. Um, well, maybe the first one, two in three B2B buyers prefer to place an order online through the supplier's website compared to 40% face-to-face -face, uh, ordering so um yeah uh, a lot more basically they prefer digital uh buying instead of face-to-face -face with for example an account rep something yeah. that sounds similar right yeah 58 percent of the buyers in these complex scenarios uh or scenarios with high value orders still 58 percent of the b2b buyers prefer to do this online yeah Interesting. Absolutely, yes. Well, and then maybe the last one is 84% believe that online web store experience is important compared to other aspects of uh, purchasing. What is interesting also about this report, uh, and, and, yeah. and again, the full report will be available shortly, but what is interesting that is that on the one hand, the numbers you the numbers you mentioned are, 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 well, maybe they're surprising, I don't know, but at least it's, it's remarkable that even for complex orders and even um high value, uh, high value orders thank you uh, buyers are well more than 50 percent more than 60 percent and uh, oftentimes are are yeah. uh, preferring to buy those to, to make those purchases online yeah yet many buyers also see reasons why not to right so Absolutely. they want to but it's not always actually happening and that's 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 yeah. uh, that's what i found most striking yeah. from this report Absolutely. from the pre-read of this report is that the vast majority of B2B buyers also in complex environments, also in, in traditional industries, want to buy online or prefer to buy online more than they do offline. Yeah. Yet something is still keeping them from doing so, which is oftentimes Absolutely. the accuracy of the information that's provided online. Exactly what we what we what we discuss here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Tim. So, and just summarizing right where we went through now. So uh, we were talking about complexity in the supply chain, your example of a manufacturer of cranes who has a very, yeah, basically extensive supply chain to in the end deliver, deliver this product to the end customer uh, with its partners, with all the suppliers that they also have to in the end manufacture the product, right? Uh, and what we see is indeed the need for accurate information. Um, how can you assess this? Well, to go through the product flows and the decision flows and basically map out 
um, uh, right to basically assess what kind of information is necessary at which point in time and from which actor in the supply chain. And then what we know from the reports, and we kind of already know, knew that from previous reports, right? But it's still uh, striking to see how much the preference is to do business online with, uh, with, with, with the supplier from a B2B buyer perspective. We see that they really want to do business online. But as you say, we come then to the next topic. The problem, the problem is the inaccuracy of information. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think you have some stats, right, on that. On uh, yeah, I think exactly. Yeah, those are those are the the indeed the the, the percentages I just hinted on. Is yeah. that, that although again the vast majority, sixty something percent, yeah. wants to buy online, still ninety one percent finds yeah. a reason not to. Um, that is to be found in the sphere of yeah. accuracy and reliability of, of information and data. Uh, can be can be around uh, delivery times, or can be around pricing, or can be around. Uh, stock levels that those are distributed pretty much equally over the, this 90 91%. But can you imagine that so 60 something percent of your customers do want to buy online, mm -hmm. but 91% don't feel like they can because the information is not accurate and reliable. So, and then, uh, well, again, this we've mentioned this before, but then if your customers want to, but you're not allowing them to, or we, yeah. we as, as yeah. uh, B2B sellers are not allowing to, them to in a fashion that they can rely mm -hmm. on the information we provide them with, imagine someone else can, right? Absolutely. That's yeah. what I would be most concerned about, so. Well, and maybe going back to the example that you gave, right? Because uh, can you make that a little bit more uh, specific, uh, Tim? Like, how is it in the example that you mentioned of this crane manufacturer and how important is it in that example to have accurate information? Yeah, I, well, I, I'm, I'm, this, is, this is not a real life example from our, from our customers. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm making this up a little bit, but I think everyone can understand that if you are, so if you own a, whatever, ship-mounted crane in this yeah. example, right? And you are a big offshore uh, construction company and you have won a tender for a, a installation and construction of a offshore wind park. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing you don't want to happen is is one of your, one of, is your equipment breaking down or so say that you have carried out or that you have scheduled maintenance to be carried out before the actual project uh, takes place mm -hmm. um, and your service partner um, has looked at the availability of the replacement parts or of the, the, the serviceable parts and have placed the order because but when looking online with our manufacturer, which is Sano's customer in this example, yeah. it was available. Um, yeah. It was supposed to be in stock. It should be there in whatever couple of days because it had to be shipped from whatever Germany to the US or I don't know. right? And then imagine that information not being accurate. And then maybe you have, I don't know, maybe there's 15 cranes on your on different parts of your fleet. Mm -hmm. um, and those spare parts not being present at the service center in time, meaning a potential risk for you and your project. So, so th this is how this accuracy goes all the way down that value stream. And it kind of, it kind of snowballs, right? So the, the effect, uh, or the result for the for the offshore uh, contractor is is it's massive. massive. Yeah. Whereas if you feel like, hey, yeah, all right, so we 
we did say this pair part was in stock and it was in or it was it was there a week later big deal well yeah it's actually that is a big deal or it can be a big deal right fortunately this particular customer obviously has this down yes. um but um imagine that information not being accurate and not being reliable then this is kind of this is kind of how that can snowball for your customers or your customers customers yes down the value chain absolutely yeah very good example and in this case, also, again, the accuracy of the information is not only for the end customer, but also for the dealer, right? Or for the service partner. Yes, exactly. So in, in, in this example, because if they it, need to have that information. Exactly. Yeah. So so in this example, the, the customer of our customer would be the dealer or the service center. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the impact of them not being able to to overhaul or maintain or whatever to service these these cranes in this example yeah. uh, that that's that's one part of the one part of the impact one part of the value but then e that cascades even further down because their customers are impacted and then the project is impacted right so it's um yeah so yeah. you should never underestimate the uh, the importance of uh, of data accuracy that's that's the, that's the whole message that's the whole point and that's also clearly the outcome also one of the outcomes of the sapio report yeah absolutely thanks tim for sharing that yeah, uh, I think final thoughts, uh, right? I think uh, accurate information uh, is, is, is essential, as you say, right? In, uh, in the supply chain and providing the wrong information or inaccurate information can also lead to a lot of, uh, yeah, basically mistrust between the customer and the supplier, but also to delayed projects, uh, right? But basically really impacting the business of end customers as well, right? And maybe also of service partners. I mean, they are also dependent on the supplier to deliver or the dealer to deliver yeah. the spare part that they need to do the service. Uh, and if they cannot do this, they can also not live up to the expectations of their customer to deliver the service. And then it almost, it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, yeah. right? Because then your customers bound it up your digital platform and then you feel like see we're a traditional industry our customers don't adopt but at the same time they do want to adapt but they can't right so they because calling is more reliable yeah and maybe just when we're closing down now on this topic right to uh, to uh, basically uh, yeah underline how important it is maybe one step from the sapio research as well that was quite remarkable to me is that 74 percent of the b2b buyers they indicate that they would switch to a supplier if they uh, if, and that they are willing to switch suppliers if that other supplier would provide more accurate information. There you go. 74%, right? So it maybe underlines how important this accuracy of information for the, B, the, the, the typical B2B buyer is. Um, so yeah, just sharing that and um, yeah, I think, uh, I hope this, uh, this episode is useful for any B2B sales leader or uh, other people uh, listening in working for uh, B2B companies for uh, suppliers in the market. Um, and uh, yeah, I would say take a, yeah, take a closer look once the report is out. It, uh, it's almost uh, becoming available and uh, yeah, take your advantage of reading this B2B uh, buyer report 2024 uh, and yeah take use it for your advantage yeah it will definitely be uh, be uh, shared at uh, on our social so uh, keep a close eye and if you're uh, if you're on YouTube or wherever you look at your podcast and don't forget to subscribe to B2B e-commerce accelerated all right thank you and see you at the next episode